You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. Let's do it. Uh, okay, so I want to do one more segment here about the SMU loss, and then we will move on to the Texas game coming up uh, this Saturday. We'll talk in segment two a little bit about um, just what went down in the Big 12 Conference. It was an intriguing week overall, but we'll, we'll mainly focus here on, on what happened to TCU on Saturday. And it was not good. I mean, we all saw it go down. I did want to mention um, – because me and Matt really got into more of a, a discussion about the long-term viability of the program and what comes next, and I, I do think those things are important. It is worth noting, they were a little banged up. Um, you know, Corey Bethley did not play. I think that turned out to be a much bigger issue than I would have guessed initially if you told me that before the game. Still waiting on Kyrie Coleman. Um He'll help the pass rush. Not, I don't think he'll do a whole lot in run support, but he'll help the pass rush. Don't really know what's going on with Noah Daniels. And honestly, like, I, I, I mean, I'll just be up front. I was wrong about the corner position. I really thought going into this season that that was not going to be an issue at all. And, I mean, it, it has been. Now, Stewart and Daniels haven't seen the field yet. And we knew Stewart would be out for maybe a month or so. <clears throat> Don't really know what's going on with Noah. It's They've been pretty hush-hush about that. And those are big losses. But I, I really thought, you know, C.J. Caesar had issues last season. He struggled. He did seem to come on a little bit at the end of the year against subpar competition. And I, I, I wonder if we overvalued this team in general – because of what they did down the stretch last year against some bad against some bad teams. Aside from that Oklahoma State win, you know, the rest of those games that they won were games they probably should have won. I don't think they were favored in the Baylor game on the road, but we saw that they were clearly better. Um, you know, they were better than KU. They were better than Texas Tech. And and they proved that. But I, I didn't expect Caesar to struggle this much. I thought he could come in and be serviceable, and he wasn't. And T.J. Carter, the Memphis transfer who's played some, uh, who's played corner in his career. I mean, he stepped in and tried his best on Saturday, but uh, the communication issues were still there, and and the safety spot um, has has been a big problem, um, which. In retrospect, makes sense. I mean, you lost two NFL talents there. Sorry about my voice today. I got some allergy issues going on. But I, I thought they would be better equipped in the back end, um, especially at corner. I feel like they had depth there, and they obviously don't. Um, they're not particularly good at that position at the moment. But that wasn't even the biggest problem on Saturday. Like I say all that about the corner position, and it was the interior defensive line that just got worked time and time again. And that was the group that struggled the most. So it wasn't even necessarily – I mean, the secondary had issues, but it was not completely on them 
and going into that matchup with SMU. So it's it's kind of a mess all around. Uh, but you play Texas this week, and I, I don't know how much of it's fixable. I, I think we'll find out on Saturday, honestly. <clears throat> if you can get some guys healthy and play with better effort and either win or compete against UT, um, you're more optimistic as the year goes on. The, the one thing I will say, and I know nobody wants to hear this right now, and I understand it, but the league really is wide open. I mean, and, and we'll get to this in the next segment. There's nobody that – there are teams that are impressive, but the teams that have been most impressive, I think, are teams that have some flaws and teams that are kind of on the rise that we didn't expect. The uh, two teams that we thought were going to be the best in the conference – are struggling a little bit right now. So everything's still in front of TCU. Now, do I believe they're a good football team right now? No. <laughs> and, I mean, that's just as we sit here on September 28th after that loss to SMU. But if you can clean up some things, I mean, there's some opportunities against the rest of this league. But it has to get better, and it has to get better now. And I was just most disappointed on Saturday at – I really thought – and I, I don't think this was – I said on Monday, I don't think this loss was an effort problem. I, I don't feel like effort was the issue. But I was still surprised that coming off a of bye week, given the trash talk that SMU was slinging around during the week, given the loss two years ago, there's a difference between effort and intensity. And I can't quantify it. I can't explain it. But there was a lack of intensity from TCU that is so evident, especially, and it's, it's been evident for a long time. Like SMU gets up for that game more than TCU does. I think Sonny Dykes has given some energy to that program that they've never really had since the death penalty. They flirted with it for a little while with Chad Morris, but it, it didn't materialize like it has with Sonny Dykes. There is an intensity when they play TCU that the Frogs just haven't matched. And... I mean, again, I think that's on the coaching staff. So, I mean, long-term goals and where the program goes and how things shake out, I can't answer that. Obviously, a lot of that's going to depend on how they respond after what felt like a low-point, rock-bottom type loss to SMU. But they do have opportunities to sort of right the ship. And that'll start against Texas on Saturday. And if, if they play well, then, you know, you, you got nine more games here to try to rewrite the narrative. But it was a, a huge setback with the loss to SMU. When we come back, we'll talk about what happened in the rest of the Big 12 Conference. That's coming up on Locked on Horn Frogs. Okay, Locked on Horn Frogs segment two coming your way. Um, yeah, the Big 12, super interesting week. So we'll start with some injury news. Tyler Shuck has a broken collarbone. He will be out for the next six weeks, according to head coach Matt Wells. He suffered that injury during the Texas game. And um, Texas put it on Texas Tech 70-35. to 35. It was not that close. I mean, they just absolutely destroyed them. Shuck's out for six weeks. That means he will miss the TCU game. Um, it's unfortunate, you know, I, I was not a huge, 
I wasn't a huge believer in him as far as there was, like, first-round hype about him. Uh, but he's done a nice job for Tech. And it's just too bad that he's he's going to be out for a significant amount of time and what was an opportunity for him to kind of showcase some things for NFL scouts. So Henry Columbi uh, will step in, and he played a lot last year. He's a Utah State transfer, so he knows uh, Matt Wells and that system well. He threw for 324 yards against Texas, went 17-23, three touchdowns, one pick. Of course, a lot of that was after that game kind of got out of hand. So, um, you know, we'll see what, what he brings to the table starting next week. Texas was about as efficient as you could be against Tech. Uh, Casey Thompson, 18-23, 303 yards, five touchdowns. He was offensive player of the week in the Big 12. I, I don't know why Hudson Card was named the starter because it's pretty clear that Thompson is the guy. He's proved that over the past couple of weeks. Um, not the greatest competition with Rice and Texas Tech, but it's not like the TCU defense showed a lot of resistance on Saturday. So it's something to watch. But John Robinson had a huge day as well. Um, 18 carries for 137 yards, 7.6 yards per carry. So for a, a team that struggled against the run uh, against SMU, that does not bode well. But Shuck is out for a significant amount of time, and Texas rolling as they come into Fort Worth this week. Um, Baylor, they get a 31-29 win over Iowa State. Iowa State had some major special teams issues, had a shank punt that led to some points, gave up a touchdown and a kick return to Tristan Ebner. Um, but Baylor looks good. They look in control. Uh, their offensive line has improved a lot. Gary Bohannon has done a nice job there at quarterback. He was 14-19 for 159 yards and two touchdowns. They, they didn't run the ball as well as they have the first couple weeks, but still 123 yards on the ground. They did enough in that game early to hold on. They go on the road to play Oklahoma State at Stillwater in what should be another fun test against a good defense. But they are obviously improved. Iowa State continues to kind of scuffle. Um, they have now lost to Iowa and to BU. Brock Purdy had a tough day, threw an interception. Um near the red zone that stalled out a drive. Uh, Brees Hall had a huge day, 190 yards on the ground. They were able to run the ball well. So Iowa State struggling. They play Kansas, which will be, I assume, a nice kind of pick-me-up game for them. But they, along with Oklahoma, were supposed to be, you know, the leaders in this conference, and they don't look the part right now. They look like a team that is vulnerable at 2-2. Two and two. Speaking of Oklahoma, they went over West Virginia 16-13. to 13. A Gabe Brick field goal at the buzzer won the game for the Sooners. Um, you know, the defense played well for OU. They stayed in there. They hung in there. They got stop after stop. Spencer Rattler continues to have a tough day. But also Oklahoma's not running the ball well. Only 57 yards rushing. Unheard of for an OU offense. That O-line really struggling. 256 yards passing for Rattler. The student section at one point was chanting for five-star freshman Caleb Williams to get in the game. So this OU offense does not look as potent as it has in the past. They are still finding ways to win. But 16-13 over West Virginia, Iowa State and OU looking more beatable than I think people thought going into the season. Kansas, they get a win over – or excuse me, they don't. Duke beat KU 52-33. Um, yeah, KU continues to look more competent under Lance Leipold, but still 
just a long way to go for the Jayhawks. And they lose to Duke in their last non-conference game. That moves them to 1-3 and three on the season. And uh, Oklahoma State, 31-20 to 20 win over K-State. They look like a completely different team on um, – on Saturday, just making things happen. K-State actually went to their third quarterback, Jaron Lewis, a sophomore from Columbia, Missouri, as Will Howard was not super effective and was also a little banged up. But the Oklahoma State defense is outstanding. And Jalen Warren had another game where he went over 100 yards. They've kind of found a recipe with running the football and playing defense that has been successful for them. So that's the Big 12 Conference. TCU, Texas this weekend. We'll have Gary Patterson's press conference on tomorrow's show and uh, plenty of coverage of the game as the week continues to roll along. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.